this message, we discover a biblical approach to conquering fear. Every believer can live a life free from fear. You can. Last Sunday, we started talking about overcoming things that we face in life, uh, very specifically on overcoming fear. And uh, we're just going to um, take that forward, bring that to a conclusion here this morning as we talk about overcoming fear in our lives. Um, but let's begin with the two scriptures that we, two scripture passages that we looked at last Sunday when we began. And I just want to encourage you through the course of the service uh, to read the scriptures that we uh, show on the screens. And of course, if you want to read it from your own Bible, you are most welcome to quickly turn in there and read it. Uh, but these, these scriptures will also be projected on the screen so you can um, uh, read them out loud together. So the first one, uh, first passage was 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 and 4. So let's read them out loud. Verse 1, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Let me hear you. Verse 4, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So the Bible is telling us that whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. You are born of God because you believe that Jesus is the Christ. You're born of God. And the Bible also says that in verse 4, whatever or whoever is born of God overcomes the world. So you're a person. God is saying you are an overcomer. You will overcome the world. Amen? It's all right to say amen in church. And uh, the, the scriptures also tell us this is how we overcome. It's by our faith. It's through our faith in God we're going to overcome. So whatever you and I face in this world, you know, we'll face challenges. Uh, there'll be different difficulties, setbacks, all kinds of things. But whatever you face and in every situation, you and I Face it with this understanding that we are overcomers. We will overcome. Amen? And we do that through our faith in God. So let's say this together. I am born of God. And I overcome this world. And all that is in it. I overcome by faith. You know, you're affirming that God's word is true. This is what God's word says, and you're affirming that it is true. One more scripture that we looked at in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. Let's read them out together, please. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So the Bible tells us, you have overcome them. It's past tense. It's a done thing. As far as you coming out victorious, it's guaranteed. You have overcome. Why? Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So in, in every situation, you need to say that you affirm that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I, uh, yeah. So uh, let's boldly say this. Let's declare this. Jesus who is in me, is greater than anything or any demonic power that I face in this world. 
Now I remember as a as a little child. I mean, not child. I was in my teenage years. <laughs> uh, you know, as growing up, kids are afraid of the dark. Most kids, and I was. <laughs> I remember I used to hide behind my mother as she would walk into the room. I was afraid of the dark, entering into a dark room. But I also remember, you know, how I overcame that fear. Uh, that and this was in my early teens uh, when I found this verse, First John four verse four. Greater is He who is in me than who is in the dark room. <laughs> there was no one in the dark room. So in, one, in some ways, it was an unfounded fear. But yet that fear was real, you know, to me as a child. But then I took this verse. I said, no, I cannot live like this. I cannot be hiding behind my mom going into the rooms. So I say, greater is he who is in me than whatever is in the dark room. There is nothing there, but the scripture, the affirming it, declaring it, knowing that greater is he who is in me, helped me uh, overcome that fear of the dark. And I would affirm this truth. And, and that's how I overcame. I know it, it sounds very simple, but uh, uh, there is power there in the, in the word of God. And we'll talk more about it later. So just to quickly review, you know, last Sunday we talked about fear, it being a very real emotion. Uh, it can affect us physically. It can affect uh, us in, 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 in many ways in life. Um, and uh, for some of us, uh, you know, all of us face fears that are temporary, I mean, momentary. Now, you're, you're, you have to go for an interview. There's a little tremor there. You know, how is this interview going to turn out? Uh, or, or different things like that. But then some of us face chronic fears, things that have been there and that are there uh, for a long time. And, and we find we are struggling against it to overcome that fear. You know, for example, the fear of flying. You know, sometimes, you know, for many of us, flying is like, you know, we do that all the time. But for some people, the, the thought of getting into an aeroplane, it seems like, oh, I can't, how do I get myself to do it? It's a big challenge. Uh, uh, f- the fear of flying, it's a chronic thing. It's, it's controlling them and, and affects them uh, uh, in a severe way. And, and there could be other kinds of fear that all of us struggle with. So we kind of listed out several kinds of fears last Sunday. We also talked about how fear affects us. And I'll just quickly review five things we mentioned. Uh, we talked about the fact that fear enslaves, it paralyzes or cripples us. You know, it incapacitates us in one way or another uh, when that fear dominates us and gets the better of us. Uh, We also said that fear demoralizes us. It robs us of our destiny. Uh, There there could be a great opportunity in front of us, but because of fear, we don't step into it. And there we forfeit a great opportunity, uh, our destiny, uh, possibly something that could have great significance in our lives. We let it go simply because of fear. Uh, We also said that fear attracts the negative. Uh, Just as faith uh, attracts the working of God in our lives, fear uh, attracts the wrong things, the negative things in our lives. Number four, fear robs us of faith in God. Uh, When we, you and I, should be people who are walking by dominant faith, uh, sometimes our fear, it just robs us of this uh, this faith in God uh, and leaves us in a place of unbelief. And lastly, we said fear spreads. Fear is contagious. When we start talking about our fears, others also tend to easily and readily agree with us on those fears. And so it actually affects more than just one person affects uh, many people. This morning, I wanted to share with us some practical 
ways, biblical ways to conquer our fears. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I'm not speaking as a psychologist. I'm just speaking as a person who knows God's word. I'm just sharing with you things from the Bible. You know, these are practical things and I can show you they work because I have worked it in my life. I know they work. And so I want to share them with you. Just simple things on how you and I can conquer our fears. Whether it's a momentary fear that you're facing because of a certain situation, because of a certain news you heard, or because of certain happenings in your life, or if it is a chronic fear that has been dominating you for an extended period of time, these things that we find in the Bible, which I'm going to share with you this morning, will help you overcome. It will help you conquer your fear. Amen? Because there are truths from the word of God. These are things that God has put in his word for you and me as God's people, as believers. And if you and I will engage with them in our lives, we will conquer our fears. Now, I'll just give you the outline. Five things I want to share with you. Number one is to confront it. Confront your fear. Uh, don't pretend it's not there. So we'll talk about that. Second, we call on God. We know that there is someone who is greater, bigger, and more powerful than our fears or the things causing uh, that fear in our lives. So we call on God. Number three, we confess the promises of God. And we'll go through some practical examples on how to confess the word and why it's so powerful. And before we cast down wrong thoughts and imaginations. And number five, we learn to be in a place of communion or commune with God. And that keeps us in a place of peace. You know. If you are in a place of peace, you can conquer whatever you're facing. Whatever you're facing, if you're able to sleep in it, you can conquer it. And when I say sleep in it, don't mean literally. But I mean you are in a place of peace. And if you're in a place of peace, you will conquer it. And uh, we, we need to talk about that. So let's begin quick uh, and go through these five things very simply, very quickly. Number one, confront your fears. That is... To recognize and acknowledge that, yeah, I'm afraid about it. And uh, uh, don't uh, pretend it's not there. As long as we refuse to take action against it, you know, it's going to persist. It'll continue to hold us captive. So you need to recognize, hey, that's a fear in my life. I, I need to deal with it. I need to come out of it. It's not, it's not healthy for me to live in that place of fear. You know, you may be just getting along with it and going through life, but don't live like that. You make a choice. I'm going to confront this thing. I'm going to conquer it in my life. Now, just pretending it's not there, staying passive, uh, being, uh, not taking any action against it will not make it go away. You know, being passive about that will not cause the fear to disappear. So you decide, I'm going to confront it. I'm going to face up to it. You know, in the Bible, throughout the Bible, God repeatedly says, fear not. He repeatedly says, fear not. Now, fear not is not a passive thing. That, hmm, I'm not afraid. Fear not is an active thing. You are intentionally choosing not to be afraid. It means you are taking action. So God's call, God's instruction of fear not is actually a call to action. For you to confront your fear and say, I am choosing not to be, be afraid in this situation. So confront it. You say, I will not fear in this situation. Now look at what one scripture there in Isaiah 51 and verse 10. Let's read that out loud. Isaiah 41, 10, please. Let's read it out loud. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. 
I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Wow, what an assurance. God is saying, fear not. Don't be afraid. Dharmat, you know. Because I am with you. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So don't be afraid. Now fear not. So you choose to confront your fear and say, I'm going to face this. I'm going to conquer it. I'm going to live free from this. God wants all of us to live lives that are totally free from fear. Fearless. Confidence. Confident. Courageous at all times. So confront it. Overcome whatever you're facing. Number two is to call on God. And did you say, God, I'm facing this fear. I'm having this in my life. I'm, I'm afraid and you, I need your help. Call on God, right? You go to him for help, to help you conquer your fear. Call on him. Look at what the psalmist said in Psalm 34 and verse 4. Let's read it out lovely together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord. Where did he go? He went to the Lord. I sought the Lord. I called on him. And he heard me. And he delivered me from all my fears. It means he had a few of them. <laughs> a couple of them. We don't know how many. But he said, God delivered me from all my fears. And it's true for you and me today. That we call on the Lord. God this is what I'm afraid about. This is what's bothering my mind. This is what's causing fear in my mind. So I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. Let's read another passage. There's Psalm 56 verses 3 and 4. Let's read it out. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? What can man do to me? Look at that verse 3 again. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. Let's say it one more time. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. So I'm calling on God. He's the place of refuge. He's the one who can deliver us from all our fears. But we must turn to him. So whenever I'm afraid, I turn to him. I call on him. I trust in him. Amen? And it's okay to tell God, Lord, this is bothering my mind. This is heavy on my mind. This is what's making me afraid. It's okay to tell God. He knows it already. But we need to do that. Don't, don't try to just say, hey, what will God think if I tell him that I'm afraid? <laughs> he knows it. Talk to him about it. It's okay. Tell him about your fears. So seek the Lord and he will deliver us from all our fears. The third one is this. After you've uh, you know, decided to confront your fear, call on the Lord, you've, you've poured out your heart to him. One instruction, an important instruction God has given us in his word is for us to confess his word. To confess his word means that we speak his word. We declare his word with our mouth. And he's taught that throughout the Old and the New Testament. 
And I will bring our attention to two passages this morning uh, to let us know why. Uh, to let us know the, the fact that God says, I want you to confess my word. I want you to speak my word. I want you to declare my word. Because when we do that, it's creating an opportunity for God to work in our lives. It's releasing the power of the word of God to work in our lives. When we confess the word. Let's say this together. Faith in God's word. Always works. I'll say it again. Faith in God's word always works. See, God's word is holy. It's perfect. And God says, you have faith in my word. The word of God will always work. It will not fail. Right? But in order to do that, he's taught, taught us, speak my word, declare my word. Look at Ephesians 6 and verse 7. And I'll bring our attention only to two passages. There's many scriptures in the Bible that teaches this. Ephesians 6 and verse 17 is part of our weapon against the enemy. The Bible tells us, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So it's telling you to take it. It's not saying you sit down and God will take it for you. No, it's saying you take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So you have to use it. You've got to put it to work. Take the sword of the spirit. Now, this is the sword of the spirit, meaning when you use it, the Holy Spirit is backing it up. The Holy Spirit is going into operation when you use this sword because it's a sword of the spirit. And what is that sword? It's the word of God. Now, how are we going to use the sword? In scripture, you'll find that the words spoken are, are the sword. Let me put it this way. The sword is used figuratively of spoken words. One example, in the book of Revelation, it talks about the word of God, referring to Jesus. And he has a double-edged sword going out of his mouth. A sword going out of his mouth. So it's clearly... Giving us in picture form that the words are spoken. And those spoken words are this double-edged sword. Right? So when you and I speak the word, we are taking the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's how we use that against the enemy. Another passage that, that God instructs us to speak his word here is right here in Romans 10, verses 6 through 10. Uh, we refer to this very often many times before we stand up to make our declarations. But I just remind us of it. Let's read this together. Romans 10 verses 6 through 10 starting with verse 6. Let's go. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend into the abyss. That is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So you and I are people 
who received righteousness by faith. And so the scripture is saying, you know, how does righteousness of faith speak? How do people who receive righteousness, how do they speak? They, they don't say things like this, you know, who's going to go to heaven to bring Christ down? God is so far away. How is he going to come and help me? They don't speak hopelessness. They don't speak like that. They don't say, who is going to go down to the, to the deep to bring Christ up from there? As though Jesus got stuck in hell. They don't speak like that. But how do they speak? They speak like this. He says, the word is near you. See, you, might, you know, we don't say God is so far away. He's up, you know, either in heaven or way down in hell, got stuck. We don't speak like that. So God is near me. He's as close as his word. The word is near you. It's in your heart and it's in your mouth. What do you do with a heart? With a heart, man believes. What do you do with your mouth? You confess. With the mouth, confession is made. And then what happens? You experience God's saving work in your life. Salvation. Are you with me? So in the context, you hear the gospel, you believe Jesus in your heart, you confess him with your mouth, you'll be saved. But that is true for the word, the entirety of the word. You believe the word in your heart, you confess the word with your mouth, you will experience God's saving, delivering work that fulfills that word which you've believed. Are you with me? So how do we put that word to work? He says, my word is near you. Don't say God is in heaven or God is down there. My word is near you is what God is saying. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. Believe it in your heart. Say it with your mouth. You will experience my saving work. Amen. So we've got to learn to do this. So I want to take us through some practical uh, scenarios. And uh, for each of these scenarios, um, we're going to reference only one verse of scripture. But there are many uh, that you can see in the Bible. You know, and, and this is just example. So that you can know how to do this. You know, you speak the word. Uh, declare the word. You know, just, uh, just to remind us, you know, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, uh, we have three recorded temptations. How did he respond to each of them? He said, it is written. Or in modern language, we would say, the Bible says. That's what he did. The Bible says. The Bible says. The Bible says. In response to every temptation that the enemy brought. And that's how you and I respond to these thoughts of fear and things that come to us. So, let's go to some examples. Are you all with me so far? So, think about overcoming the fear of new challenges. And then your boss comes to you and says, hello, I got some great news for you. And he says, look, we want to move you to a new assignment. You've got to take responsibility of this division. And, and you know, right now, profits are, I mean, we're down. This department is doing really bad. But I'm expecting you in six months to turn it around. So like, this doesn't sound like good news. <laughs> Too much pressure. <laughs> Sounds like bad news. I wish he didn't pick me. Should I take up this challenge? Fear begins to grip your mind. But what do you do when you're faced with the fear of a new challenge? Take the word of God. Let's say it together. This is what you're going to say. Isaiah 41.10. We saw it already. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So you say it. I'm not afraid. 
because God is with me. I'm not discouraged because God is helping me. God is strengthening me. God is upholding me with his righteous right hand. You are saying what the word says. So learn to say what the word of God says. Look at another situation. Overcoming the fear of future. Some people are afraid of the future. What does tomorrow hold? What will happen to me a few years from now? Uh, what, what does my future look like? And then, you know, all the wrong things begin to fill their minds. Oh man, it's going to be worse, really worse uh, next year. Things are going to get really bad. And, and, and you know, they, they're so fearful and they get into depression. They get into worry and anxiety. And, and then they panic and they call their friend, you know, help me. You know, all kinds of things. But listen, when you fe feel fearful about the future, the word is near you. Say this would be the word is near me. See, God's word is near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. At that moment, when those thoughts of fear about your future begin to trouble your mind, you boldly declare God's word. You say, Jeremiah 29 verse 11. Let's read it out. For I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. So you begin to say, God knows the plans he has for me. Plans of peace. Plans of prosperity, not of evil, not of disaster. And he has a hope and a future for my life. Amen. That's how a child of God should be speaking. That's how a believer should be speaking. The word is near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. Say what God has said concerning your future. The Bible says my times are in his hands. So you begin to say my future is in the hands of my God. He can't mess it up. Amen? So you begin to declare what God says about your future. If you're not enjoying the sermon, I'm enjoying it. Overcoming the fear of failure. I feel like shouting amen. <laughs> the fear of failure. You know, sometimes the fear of failing at an assignment, of failing at a given project, of just failing in life, troubles our mind. What do you do? What do you say then? There's one scripture, Psalm 1 verse 3. Let's read it. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So that's what you're going to say. I am like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I, my, my leaf will not wither. What I bring, I bring forth my fruit in its season. My leaf will not be there. Whatever I do will prosper. That's, what, that's the word that should be coming out of you when those thoughts of fear about failure come. This is the word of God. This is what I'm going to say. The word is near me. It's in my heart. It's in my mouth. I believe with my heart. I can fast with my mouth. And God is watching over his word to perform it in your life. Amen. The fear of disaster. Oh, something bad is going to happen today. <laughs> People have that fear. Oh, maybe you're getting to drive, getting the car, pulling out of your driveway, your garage or whatever. Man, going to hit somebody today. <laughs> or you're getting into the aeroplane. Think, man, this flight is going to crash today. <laughs> Fear of disaster. You're thinking something bad is going to happen to you. 
And those thoughts of fear come. What do you do? Say what God has said. Psalm 91 verse 7. A thousand may fall at your side. And ten thousand at your right hand. But it shall not come near you. And that's a believer. That's a child of God. That my God in heaven is able to take care of me. A thousand may fall at my side. Ten thousand at my right hand. But his word says it will not come near me. That's what I should be saying. Amen. So don't be crippled by those thoughts of fear. Fear of disaster. Something bad is going to happen to you. Some calamity is going to happen. Uh, no, no. It will not come near me. Amen. That's his word. Some of us. I have the fear of sickness. Man, I'm going to fall sick. No. What does his word say? No. Psalm 91 verse 10. No evil shall befall you. Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Hey, that's his word. It's in the Bible. It's in black and white. What more do you need? He said, no evil shall befall you. No plague. Will come nigh your dwelling. Is it just a nice promise that you underline with red and color with yellow and leave it in your Bible? Or is it the word of God that you and I believe and expect for it to be performed in our lives? It is the word of God. If God said it, he meant that you and I should live in it. So don't treat it as a nice promise that you just underline it, color it, draw some flowers around it, smiley faces around it, leave it in the Bible. No, this is the word of God. I have to experience it. Otherwise, it's not worth reading it. His word says, no evil shall befall me. No plague shall come near my dwelling. And that's true for you. Believe it. And say it. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. Believe it. Overcoming the fear of premature death. Nowadays, guys in their 40s are dropping down. What's happening? All the samosas and vadas we're eating. (laughs) So you hear all this news around you. People dying before their time. Young people. And then you think, man... I'm next. When is it going to hit me? (laughs) But what does the word say? Psalm 91 verse 16. Let's read it. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Let's read it again in case you didn't believe it the first time. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That's the word. It has to be fulfilled. In my life. She said God. God's word says. With long life. He will satisfy me. And show me his salvation. Now somebody asks you. Do you believe all that? I mean, Do you believe the Bible? I mean listen. If you can't believe the Bible. Do you mean I should believe the newspaper? What should I believe? I should believe God's holy word. Because God's word is truth. Not the newspaper. Amen. And his word says. With long life. I will satisfy him. And show him my salvation. That's what I believe. So when those thoughts of fear. 
of premature death comes to you and, and, and begins to haunt your mind, what should you do? You confess the word. His word says, with long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. You declare that. How about overcoming the fear of rejection? You know, some of us have that fear. You don't think that people are going to accept you. You think people are going to disgrace you. They're going to be, uh, you're going to be uh, put to shame in front of people. Uh, and so that there's this constant fear in your mind. You know, I don't think, you know, I got a good smile. Hmm, maybe I'm not tall enough. Maybe I'm not good looking enough. Whatever. And you have this sense of rejection. But don't let that dominate you. What does his word say? Isaiah 50 verse 7. Let's read it out. But the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I've set my face like a flint and I know that I will not be ashamed. So that's what you should be saying. Hey, God is helping me. The Lord God will help me. I will not be disgraced. So I've set my face like a flint. I mean, I'm not going to move the side. I'm Focused on what I'm going to do. I set my face like a flint. And I know I will not be put to shame. I'm not going to be disgraced. I'm not going to be put to shame. Because the Lord God will help me. That's what has to be coming out of you as a believer. When these thoughts begin to haunt you. Uh, uh, that, you know, that you will be disgraced. You will be put to shame. You will be rejected. People are not going to like you. Uh, this is not going to work out. No. The Lord God will help me. Amen. Just a few more. Some of us are afraid of death. But you know what you should say. Psalm 23 verse 4. Hey, do I walk through the valley of death, shadow of death? I will fear no evil. For the Lord is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. Amen. Not afraid of death. And lastly, pastor has told us to share Jesus with at least one person every week. But I'm afraid. They'll call me Holy Joe. <laughs> They'll call me names. They'll call me a fanatic. Whatever. Hey, overcome your fear. Overcome fear of persecution. Overcome the fear of being ridiculed for the gospel. You've got to say Romans 1.16. I, let's read it. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. The Jew first and also for the Greek. So when that thought comes, you know, man, people think you're off. Fear of persecution, whatever. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God for salvation. Amen. That's how we, as God's people, should be speaking. The word is near you. It's in your heart and it's in your mouth. Amen. So that was number three. That you confess the word and do the other two quickly. Number four is to cast down wrong thoughts and imaginations. You know, we must understand how thoughts control us. So a thought of fear, a fear-producing thought comes into your mind. And if that thought is not captured, the thought becomes an imagination. And if you don't deal with that imagination, the imagination progresses to becoming an argument. Or a reasoning in your mind. And if that is not dealt with. It eventually becomes a stronghold. And an occupied territory in your mind. So let's say you're about to board a flight. You've checked in. 
your palms are sweating. I'm just making it up, okay? Just for illustration's sake. And you're about to board the flight. A thought comes. This plane is going to crash. And you just start sweating. A thought comes. A thought, a fear-producing thought comes in your mind. You're about to board the flight. And if that thought isn't checked, by the time you reach your seat, you're looking for your seat, 28D. <laughs> you're looking for your seat. By the time that you reach your seat, that it has now become an imagination. You see this big plane on fire, crashing. It's become an imagination. Your heart begins to beat fast. You're looking for your seat, but now anxiety begins to creep because the thought has progressed to an imagination. You're seeing a picture is worth a thousand words. There's feelings and emotions in it, and you can see yourself going down. And if this imagination is not dealt with, it becomes an argument. It becomes a reasoning. So there you're about to move into your seat and now your mind is at work extra, ex, you know, extra fast. It's arguing. Your mind's arguing. You know, man, you should deep plane quick. This is your last chance. <laughs> Get off the plane before it takes off, you know. Whatever, and it's arguing, this argument is going on. You remember, hey, I was there in church on Sunday, and pastor said the word is near you in your heart and in your mouth. So you begin to say, no evil shall befall me. No plague will come near your dwelling. And immediately when argument comes, you remember Joe? He died in the crash. Your mind begins to argue. You say, no, the Bible says... A thousand will fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand. It will not come near me. Argument, this plane is one of that thousand. Get off. So your mind is arguing against the knowledge of God's word. Because the thought has progressed to an imagination. And the imagination now has become an argument in your mind. There's reasoning going on. Trying to rob you of the truth. And somehow, you make it to your seat, put your seatbelt on, and with fear and trembling, you reach your destination. You made the flight, but you haven't enjoyed it. Now, if this happens a few times, soon, that thing is going to become a stronghold. You might come to a place where you don't, don't want to step in to a flight, because the flight is a torment for you. Fear has torment. Are you understanding? The thought becomes imagination, becomes a reasoning, and then it becomes a stronghold. And then it cripples your life. But what we should do, take every thought captive. The moment the thought comes, take it captive. Bring it in subjection to the truth of God's word. Cast down that reasoning, that argument, that imagination. Pull down that stronghold. See, the Bible tells us 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 and 5. It says, the weapons of our warfare, let's read it. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments. And every, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So the moment this thought of fear comes, at that moment, take it captive. Don't let it progress into an imagination. So that imagination, I reject it. 
Don't let it become an argument in your mind. So now I cast that argument down. It's against the truth of God's word. Amen. And in case any one of us are suffering from a stronghold, something that is already, it's a chronic fear, that's already gripped an area of our mind today, those strongholds will be pulled down. Because you're hearing the truth of the word of God. And the word of God is powerful enough, it's anointed by the Holy Spirit to tear that down. I believe you'll leave out free. Leave this place free. Because the strongholds are pulled down by the word of God. Amen. And finally, number five, so you cast down those thoughts. And number five, live in a place of communion with God. Commune with God. You speak the word, keep your mind calm and get rid of those thoughts. And stay in a place where you just commune with God. Say, God, acknowledge God for who he is to you. Say, God, I thank you. You are my protector. You are my deliverer. You are a faithful God to your promise. Your word is true. Lord, I rest in you. Your love is unfailing, God. You, your love will never abandon me, God. So you're in that place of communion with God, you're resting in his love. And his love is perfect. And his perfect love casts out all fear. So when you're in a place of peace, you walk in victory and dominion. Worship team, and please come up. Let's get ready to uh, worship and minister. Uh, so you're in this place of peace. You're resting in God. You're communing with Him. You're saying, God, you are my hiding place. You are my confidence. Let's we'll read two more verses of Scripture. Proverbs 3, verses 25 and 26. Let's read them out loud. Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being so don't be afraid of sudden terror, sudden bad news. Suddenly, you, I mean, news doesn't say, bad news doesn't give you advance warning. Just shows up. Don't be afraid of sudden terror. Some bad news. People try to do things against. Don't be afraid. Why? The Lord is my confidence. The Lord is my confidence. The Lord is your confidence. He will keep your foot from being gone. He's the one who's going to keep you. The news may come. People may try to do things. But the Lord is your confidence. He will keep you from being trapped or caught or troubled. We close with this verse about communing with God. Psalm 32 verse 7. The psalmist said, let's say it out together. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. He said, God, you are my place of refuge. You are my hiding place. You are going to surround me with songs of deliverance. You are my deliverer. So you live in that place of communion with God. You're resting in Him. And you can live free from fear. Amen. Just to quickly review. Number one. Confront it. Number two, call on God because He's the one who delivers us. Number three, confess the word. Say what God has said concerning that particular fear that you're dealing with. Number four, you cast down thoughts and imaginations. And number five, you live in a place where you commune with God. Amen? We're going to just declare that God, let's rise to our feet, please. And 
This is an old song. I hope our worship team is okay. This is a song from the Psalms. You are my hiding place. As we sing this this morning, you're just <clears throat> we are just singing the word. We are acknowledging He is our hiding place. And I want you to sing it and say, God, you are my hiding place. And if there are fears that you're dealing with, I, will, I want you to sing this song as declaration against those fears. Expecting to be released from those fears. You don't need anybody to lay hands on you. You don't need anybody to even just touch you because God's word is near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. And as you sing his word, as you declare his word, his word is so powerful. His word is so anointed. He's watching over his word to make it good for you right where you are. If there are fears in your heart, in your life this morning, as you sing this song and you say, God, you are my hiding place. You sing songs of deliverance. Expect to be released. Expect to be free. I have a closing prayer, but God is our deliverer. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears.
your word says I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears and father this morning I pray for every person present here for every person watching listening father if there are bondages of fear, if there are strongholds of fear, if there are things that are oppressing your people and holding any person in a place of torment because of fear, right now in the name of Jesus Christ, I command that stronghold of fear to be torn down. I command that oppression of fear to leave. I cast out every spirit of fear. In the name of Jesus, be released. I command fear to go from your life. Be free in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right now, Lord, let the power of your Holy Spirit remove every burden and destroy every yoke, setting your people free. That each and every person, each and every child of God will be fearless, confident, courageous, and bold all the time in every circumstance, in every situation. That we will be bold, we'll be courageous because we know our God. We are strong. We will do great exploits because we know our God. So I pray, God, that in every situation, every circumstance, as your people, we will walk fearless, we will walk bold, we will walk courageous, confident. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, I just pray over people here as I pray right now. I want you to just receive the touch of God in your life. Father, I pray for homes for families that God there will be divine intervention in homes and families that your word says my people will live in peaceful habitations in safe dwellings in secure dwellings so I declare that every home is a peaceful home it's a safe home it's a secure dwelling that there is righteousness, peace, and joy in every home and every family. And it will not be any other way. Because the word of God says, my people will live in peaceful homes, in sure dwellings, in quiet resting places. So Father, let your word be established in every home, in every family represented here. I stand against every work of the enemy every evil work and I say you are no match for the power of God you are no match for the word of God you are no match for the power of the Holy Spirit and so in every home every family every evil work 
must cease, must stop, and let righteousness, peace, and joy invade every home, invade every family. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. We thank you that you're more than able to do this for your people. We honor you. And we bless you, God. Thank you. Just lay your hand on that part of your body that you want Jesus to touch you and heal you. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed in who He is. He's still the healer, the deliverer, the miracle worker, the restorer. He opened blind eyes. He made deaf ears hear, the dumb to speak, the lame to walk, the crippled to be whole, the bedridden to rise up and live free. He destroyed every work of the enemy. Demons trembled. Demons fled. Spirits of infirmities and sicknesses and diseases ran from before the Nazarene. And he hasn't changed. The same Jesus is here. His name is as powerful today as it was in the Bible times. And so in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the authority of God, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I command sicknesses and diseases to leave. I command healing to your body in the name of Jesus. Let healing come, let wholeness come into your body. Let your body be made whole in the name of Jesus. Let chronic conditions leave now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, receive your healing. Be made whole. By the power of God. Arthritis, I command you to leave in the name of Jesus. Diabetes, I command you to leave in the name of Jesus. Blood problems, blood pressure problems, blood problems. I command you to leave in the name of Jesus. Problems with the nerves and nervous conditions, I command you to be healed, made whole in the name of Jesus. Receive healing. Receive wholeness. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your healing. We thank you for your wholeness. Being administered to people. Because you said, I am the Lord who heals you. Your word says that the Lord Jesus is the Savior of the body. He's our Savior. Saves our body as well. He's our healer. We thank you that by His stripes we have been healed. And we believe it. Thank you, Lord. This morning before we close, we'd like to give an invitation for anybody never believed in Jesus Christ, you've never received Jesus into your life. The Bible tells us that we, all of us, have sinned, we fall short of God's glory, and we need a Savior. The good news of the Bible is that Jesus Christ came, and He died for our sins. He was buried, He rose up again, and He's alive today, and 
The Bible says anyone who believes in him receives forgiveness for their sins. And he gives them the power to become children of God. So if you're here this morning and you've never made a decision to believe in Jesus Christ and him alone, to be your Lord, to be a savior. And I want to lead you in a simple prayer to help you make that decision. And you can believe in Jesus, be saved, be forgiven, and be made a child of God. If you've never done that before, I invite you to just pray this prayer with me. Let's pray. If you've never done this before, just say this with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive my sins. Make me a child of God. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And help me to follow you. And you alone. The rest of my life. I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes, TV programs, publications, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, please visit apcwo.org slash Bible College. Please remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the app or Google Play stores.